Stephen Prezak outside the Asbury Park Convention Hall waiting the arrival of Taz, who tonight, speak of the devil, there's Taz right now. Taz, look, one quick question, I'll be brief. Tonight is a rarity among rarities at ECW, a unification match. What is your game plan tonight against Sabu? Another intelligent question, Prezak, you're a genius, brother. My game plan is simple. You see, ECW tried to hide the fact that I busted Sabu's jaw a little over a month ago in North Carolina. <clears throat> so they're trying to hide it. That's cool, but I'm going to go after his jaw. I'm going after his jaw. I'm telling you, Sabu, my game plan, brother. I'm coming after your jaw like a shark going after that blood and water. <laughs> like stink on shit, I will be after his jaw. And when it's all said and done, I will still have the World Heavyweight Belt, and I'll also have the belt that I created, the FTW belt. And I will be the unified heavyweight champion. Well, that certainly answers that question. The, uh, so going after the jaw is not a little, little intense, what yeah, you think Yeah, that's that? intense. See, that's what I do for a living, schmuck. I and hurt people. And Sabu, I hate your guts, and you hate me. I wouldn't want any other way. And as far as other champions in this business, who can beat me? Who can beat Taz? Ric Flair, he's a 50-year-old man. Is there anybody, anybody out there who believes Ric Flair, a 50-year-old man, can beat me, Taz, in his prime, the world champ? Steve Austin, tremendous entertainer. Everybody loves Steve Austin. Good athlete, too, but you know what? He can't beat me. I'd make him tap. In a New York minute, he would tap. Maya Villa, Mankind, Hogan, it doesn't matter. I am the one and only World Heavyweight Champion. And at the end of tonight, I will be the FTW Champ and the World Champ. Because I'm Taz, the World Heavyweight Champion. Sabu, tonight, beat me if you can. Survive if I let you.
Again, and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Patrick, the road to WrestleMania is nearing its exit. We are almost there. New York City. We're not going, but no, <laughs> uh, too far away. But maybe Tampa next year with that hideous logo, we can be there. So, what do you have for us from the news desk as we head into the busiest week in the world of pro wrestling? Well, Conor McGregor, real quick. Uh, just decides out of the blue he's retiring. Well, there were two stories about Conor McGregor this week. The New York Times reported that he was uh, accused of sexual assault in Ireland. Now, he hasn't been charged with a crime there, and he was released. That's how they do there is they, they bring you in for an interview and they release you that you're not put on bond or bail or, or held. or you, they, you, they just question you, and then they let you go. And then, coincidentally, the same day, he sent out that tweet. However, I don't think the two were connected. I think it was. I do think it was a matter of coincidence that that New York Times article came out. Connor's main problem is that the UFC used to give him a cut of his pay-per-view revenue, and he deserves it because yeah. his buy rates are through the roof. His, the la- his name is what sells for most pay-per-views for them recently. Anyway. Exactly, guys yeah. like him and John Jones yeah. bring in. The buys. Yeah. And when they get Lesnar in there, he brings in the buys. Even yeah. when they had CM Punk, that pay-per-view did very, very well. So his last fight with uh, Khabib did extraordinarily well, and he got a cut like 44% of the pay-per-view rev from that. So he's upset because the UFC has gotten into bed with ESPN, and they've moved from Fox to ESPN+, Plus, which is a streaming service which costs like six or seven bucks a month. And that gets you all the fight night cards. And that was supposed to be it. That was supposed that was the original agreement. And that was fine. Everyone had no problem with that. Well, this past week, ESPN Plus has announced that they will be the only provider of UFC pay-per-views. You can't order them from UFC.com. You can't order them from DirecTV. You can't get them anywhere else so you have to sign up for their streaming service and then pay another sixty dollars so sort of like if the wwe network said 9.99 and that'll be sixty dollars for wrestlemania please yeah and so this is going to make numbers go down drastically because a lot of people don't want espn plus and a lot of people especially older people that aren't familiar with signing up for things and using streaming platforms are not going to be able to buy the pay-per-view. So the revenue and the buys are going to go way, way down. Right. So from what I've read, Connor, in exchange for that revenue decreasing, wants an ownership stake of the UFC. And I kind of think he's entitled to it. They should consider it. Yeah. If they want to keep making money with him, they should consider that. Now, however, he does have a contract, and contracts don't work. You can't just say, I'm quitting, that's it. So he could be in litigation. Randy Couture went through this several years ago. The WWE goes through it with performers. Right. So I don't think he's actually done. But they're going to have to find out some sort of financial arrangement where Connor is happy. And keeping Connor happy, whether you like him or you hate him, he draws. Yes. 
And you're going to have to make it work. His cocky, arrogant ass is, in fact, the only person to be a dual champion. So, I mean, that... Well, there's actually been several since, but he was... He was the first, I right, mean. Right, yeah. So, and so yeah. he Certain people just completely think he's snobbish and, and a prick, and they just soon watch The same him. people that want to see him get his ass kicked, there's an equal amount of people that want to see him kick some ass. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he's the perfect draw, right. and so they're just going to have to find some sort of arrangement to get him back in the ring. But much like wrestling retirements, Patrick, it's who never, knows, never say never, never say never, especially with Conor McGregor. That almost it does rhyme actually. Yeah. So uh, the SmackDown women's locker room. This is Wednesday. SmackDown was last night. They are all up mad because their matches got scrapped, and uh, what turned out to be uh, supposedly a fatal four way for the title turned into just Charlotte. Am I right? It was going to be a fatal four-way for a shot at Asuka's title at WrestleMania. So they have this belt, the SmackDown Women's belt, let's face it, has been totally devalued. Yes. It is worthless. Yes. So they wanted to give it a match at WrestleMania. I mean, she is a champion, and typically they put all their belts on the line at WrestleMania. Right. But instead of that, at the last second, they said, hey, since this belt is worthless anyway, let's go ahead and put it on Charlotte, just for shits and giggles, for this triple threat match for the, for the main event. Because even if Asuka and whoever won this made the card... Probably would have been in the pre-show. Probably yeah. would have been buried. Probably yeah. wouldn't have been anything memorable just because of the way that title is treated. Yeah. Where we go from here, I don't think it's going to be a title unification match. I'm thinking it's a WrestleMania 20 finish for that triple threat where Becky beats Ronda, Charlotte keeps her belt, the Raw belt is the only one on the line, Yeah. they have their belts in the ring, Bailey and Sasha come in with their belts, and you get the... Eddie and Benoit finish. Yeah. I think that's the the plan. I don't see a unification no. match because they're so committed to this brand split. Now, once the Fox TV deal kicks in, if they are planning to maybe end the brand split, then maybe on Monday we'll have to see if they decide to make it a all the titles on the line match right. and, and unify the belts. Because then you'd have like Conor McGregor, you'd have an Irish woman standing with two belts that's at true. the end of the night. But I don't think it's going to be like that. It w- I, I feel like it would be better for the match if they did. Champion, champion. So two two women have something to lose. One woman has everything to gain. It just adds to it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, either way, I, I don't think it adds really or subtracts anything from this match. The, even though the booking of this match, like I said, you would need a flow chart to try to figure out how we got here. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all, hard, it's all that matters is the match and the moment. Right. Smiles on faces. We're all about telling stories. And and when we go back in history, all we're going to remember is the WrestleMania moment. We're not going to remember right. all the bad stuff that happened before that. The other thing is that I think this match... I'm happy and thrilled that it is now official. It is the main event. It is closing the show. Yeah, the only problem that I think it'll face, and I don't think it'll face it as much as last year's WrestleMania main event, is just fatigue. Because right now I think we're already at 14 matches. They haven't even announced the Women's Battle Royal yet. That is a long time, Patrick. Yeah. And you're gassed. Yeah. The, The crowd could be gassed, but I think they will perk up 
for this main event. I think this is one that they're actually... It doesn't matter how long the show is, this match is going to get a good reaction. It's going to get the desired reaction. Yes. Uh, also, on SmackDown, since we're going, we're on that topic real quick. Finally, Kofi Kingston. It's, uh, it's set, man. It was. It's another very strange build. So, originally... Kofi, you can't have a title match because I want Kevin Owens in the title match. Okay, so then Kofi, uh, okay, you can't have a title match unless you win the gauntlet. Okay, you won the gauntlet. No, you lost the gauntlet. Sorry, no match. Okay, this week now, (laughs) the New Day needs to win a gauntlet match. Then you can win. And Mr. McMahon is finally, I, I don't know what convinced him after all this time to just say, okay go for it yeah but he did and we have kofi and daniel bryan so we have i'd say three major matches to really look forward to on this card with that's that's the match to steal the show i truly believe actually it's match placement could probably help it because it'll be in the middle of the show before the crowd's worn out i just hope they give the win time to breathe because i think kofi has to go over oh yeah and And you have to have that spot with you know, Biggie and Xavier in there with him. And I loved, loved, because I didn't get to see the start of SmackDown. I just saw the ending. I love the fact that we had the the tag team gauntlet and just the way it built and the way, like, they're scrapping through. They run through the first team. They're scrapping through. Then they're attacked and put through a table. And it's like, how the fuck are they going to battle back? And it's like, holy shit, they did. And then last fucking minute, everything Biggie has, he flips the table over, and they get the count out win. It just built, and it made it so fucking awesome. Yeah, these gauntlet matches make for good TV. They, they do. They've gone to the well, I think, a little often on them lately. Yeah. But I have to say, as opposed to a bunch of talking segments and a bunch of other random BS that you get typically yeah. like on that same episode of Smackdown had a terrible Kurt Angle retirement match that was advertised on Raw AJ Styles Kurt Angle final Smackdown match I expected you know to see at least a halfway decent match I know Kurt is in no condition these days to put on a classic but right. I still thought okay this is intriguing what do you do minute 29 Randy Orton runs in RKO to AJ I'd much rather have lengthier matches than just bullshit thrown Fuck out fuckovers yeah. yeah yeah. the uh, the Hart Foundation without Jimmy Hart is going into the Hall of Fame odd that he was left out but I do think it may be because we are getting so many two time Hall of Famers this that's year that's true Booker T Brett the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels will join the elite class with Ric Flair. And I'm just speculating on another reason why they might not want him in there is because of the royalties that he demands for his songs that are on the network. And maybe they're bitter that he gets paid for the songs that he wrote or something. I have no idea. I mean, but the man did put the work into it. I felt like he should be... He does cost them money, Patrick, and that's a big no-no. It's a horrible thing. Horrible. You can still have Jimmy introduce them and then have Brett and Natalia except for her father. So it was nice on Raw to see her actually have a... to tear up and have that moment. And it's still sad, though, that we had guys like Neidhart and Vader and King Kong Bundy who all had publicly said how bad they wanted to be in, and they missed the boat on that. And that's just unfortunate. But... We get one more inductee, Patrick, allegedly. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Still, Ed Leslie on the table. 
the beefer. The beefer. The disciple. The Zodiac. He's still waiting in the wings for the call. So maybe by the time you hear this, it'll already be out there. But Ed Leslie will round out the class for the 2019 Hall of Fame ceremony. So there you go. Yeah. WWE headquarters is moving. Holy shit, this one blindsided me. Titan Towers no more. What the fuck? Titan Towers. This legendary building that Vince McMahon has built. This giant homage carved in history. In so many scenes from... Everything from the Super Bowl commercial to the run, run-ins run with Austin. DX spray DX painting DX spray it. painting They it. lowered the flag half-staff when the limo blew up on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just... God, dude. The scenes in the gym that's down there. Yes. Vince's office with the T-Rex head, which I'm sure will go with him to the new offices. But uh, Triple H's office where he can look at the performance center. Just all of... I feel like it's. I feel like we've grown up at Titan Towers. Yes, it's it's one place that every wrestling fan wanted to go and just peek in, you know, just to see the memorabilia. Because there's memorabilia and stuff hanging on the walls or in corners and stuff. Hell, they cut out a piece of wall and took the Corvette that was covered in asphalt by Austin. And lifted it up and put it inside that building on like the 13th floor or something. Not to mention it's television studios that are there. All the great Mean Gene, uh, Royal Rumble previews and stuff that were taped in there. Live Wire. Yeah. It's really an iconic place. Uh, I, yeah, I can't believe that they're doing it. So they are, they're they're staying in Stanford. They're just moving to a different building. I don't know yet, though. I haven't read if they're actually selling the building or if they're going to retain the building. The hope amongst the wrestling community is that they retain the building and turn that into the Hall of Fame. Wouldn't now, that? that would be awesome. That would be really awesome because then you could walk through the gym. You could see the Hall of Fame. You could put everything right there. Yeah. The, the mecca of WWE right there. You're walking the same floors that that some of the biggest names in professional wrestling history has walked down. Yeah. You could walk by the office where Vince said, Puke, damn it, puke. <laughs> and just all those, all those great memories. That would be awesome. If they sell it, though, it would be a travesty. And I mean truly, deep down, a travesty. And so, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, hopefully they retain the building. They've got plenty of money to retain the building. So well, I they own the damn thing, so why not keep it? Why sell it? That's what blows my mind. Because you know it's not like, oh, got to pay the mortgage this week. Maybe they need a headquarters for the XFL, Patrick. Oh. Just a, just a conspiracy theory out there. Uh-oh. Uh, anything else? Yes. The biggest news in my... I mean, it tops even the headquarters moving. Kane Velasquez. Yes, you heard me right. UFC's Kane Velasquez will be stepping into the ring against Pentagon Jr. at Triple A's Triple Mania. Triple A's biggest show of the year. And they have Kane Velasquez going to step in the ring with probably one of the biggest Triple A stars in 10 years. 15 years. Oh, yeah, Pentagon Jr. Yeah. Well, Kane does have wrestling ability. That's not his main primary focus. He's a BJJ guy. Right. But 
I mean, this is the guy that beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. If Kane can take to pro wrestling as fast as Ronda Rousey did, then I think he'll do fine. Yeah. Don't expect too much. He's going to look great. Yeah. Uh, he's going to... Don't expect him to do a shooting star press, you know? No. Don't expect... Don't expect a five-star classic, but you got to start somewhere. Well, I mean, I'm... I'm blown away because of the fact I don't watch a lot of AAA. I really this match I'm going to go out of my way to try to find because I want to see this match. This this has got the crowd reaction for those who aren't aware of it or those who aren't very close to the product to make them be like, "Ooh, I want to fucking find this." Kane had actually been to the WWE Performance Center and had shown interest in maybe signing with them. He ultimately chose this contract with AAA. We'll have to see how many matches or if this is a one, one-off one deal or if he yeah. wants to get back into the octagon. I mean, UFC contracts, I do believe, don't allow pro wrestling unless you get special permission. So perhaps he's obtained that. Or perhaps he's done. I'm not I'm not quite sure about Cain Velasquez. He's a very good candidate for pro wrestling. Yes. And especially if you're trying to reach... A Latino market. He's definitely somebody that the WWE should keep on their radar. But of course, this week, the main guy that's on their radar, Rob Gronkowski, retiring from the NFL at age 29. He's already been in a WWE ring. On multiple occasions, not just he, once. He is definitely the apple of Vince's eye. He's the big prize. He's the next big... The next big thing. He's the next big signee since Ronda Rousey that I think is coming down the road. And I do think Ronda is going on hiatus after WrestleMania. So if Gronk moves right into that position as far as mainstream star, I think that would be Vince's dream come true. And this guy is, I mean, he is massive. Oh, he's a big dude. And he moves really well for his size. Oh, he's one of the best tight ends in pro football history. And he's only 29. He's only been in the league for nine years. And already... People are saying first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah. So he's getting out while he's still pretty healthy. And he's got, man, 29. He's got, wrestlers don't hit their peak until they're 40. He's, he's got, fucking younger than me, dude. He's younger than me. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, WWE bound, in my opinion. Vince is, is licking his chops, man. He wants him bad. But that's all I got, man. Okay, uh, just a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, I want to thank... Savan from Twitter at 1122darkness is his Twitter handle. He always has great wrestling takes, and he also is a huge listener of the show. So thank you, Savan, or Savan. Uh, I'm trying to pronounce it right. You knew that I would screw it up when you tweeted at me. But he brought it to my attention that our podcast on TuneIn Radio had not been updating for the last three weeks. And so, without him, I would have never known this because I don't use TuneIn to listen to our show. I use other podcasting apps. But I was able to get into contact with TuneIn. Not only did I fix our logo, because they had our old logo, which I still need to do on iTunes, by the way, but I also got the RSS feed. They finally figured it out, and so we're up to date on TuneIn Radio, which is a great app, and I do love TuneIn. You can listen to any radio station in the country, plus pretty much any podcast in the country as well. So we're back on TuneIn. Thank you, Savon. I appreciate it so, so much. And also shout-outs to our listeners, Jason Tick and Michael Vincent. So I just, we don't thank our, no, our, our man. faithful listeners. I, in all enough. seriousness, we have a lot of fans out there that don't get enough credit, but those three for sure 
have really reached out and done great things for us. And so we want to thank especially those three, but thank all our listeners and all our fans. And as always, if there's anything that we can do for you, let us know, man. We're there. We're, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to find out what you want, what you need, whatever you want to get involved in with this sport. We'll do our best to do anything we can to help you. So thank you very much. Well, Patrick, it was a historic week in the world of pro wrestling, historically, because, of course, this was the week that WCW died back in 2001, March 26th, RIP. However, we've already done Final Nitro. You were not a part of that broadcast, sorry. That was Brenton. But since we'd already done Final Nitro, I wanted to do Final Thunder. That has not been uploaded to the network, so I just picked some random show from March And we'd already done WCW's final show from March, so I wanted to do ECW's show. Not their final show, but a show from March was my reasoning behind this one. So I picked Living Dangerously from March 21st, 1999 in Asbury Park, New Jersey, home of the late Bam Bam Bigelow, at the Asbury Park Convention Hall in front of 3,900 people. And had Bam Bam still been under contract here, he was already in WCW. I mean, he would have been. This would have been massive. Oh, yeah, man. And, I mean, they did his spot without him tonight. His Spike Dudley spot without him. But what could have been for Bam Bam Bigelow? We missed a dark match as Nova and Chris Chetty defeated Danny Doring and Roadkill in a tag team match. Hey, little side note, you're going to see Nova again. Yeah, Nova, I'm sure he got two paychecks. Actually, no, this is CCW, he got zero paychecks. <laughs> Steven Prezak is outside the Asbury Park Convention Hall. He mentions tonight it's a unification match. The FTW World title, which is not an official title, so how do you unify an unofficial title? I don't know. It's going up against the ECW Championship which is held by Taz. So Taz walks in, and Steve says, Hey, Taz, what's your game plan tonight? He says he's going to go after Sabu's jaw like stink on shit because he broke it in North Carolina, which I'm not sure if this was work or shoot, but it certainly looked like a shoot from the replay we saw later in the night. Dude, man. Yeah. It looked like a shoot. And later on, because I thought it was like, Oh, it's a work. They're working an injury angle. No, dude. When he caught him that first time in the match, you start seeing the blood just pour from his jaw. It was... He really apparently had broken it pretty bad. What also might make it a shoot is that Taz didn't really focus on it as much as I thought he would in the match. Like, he made it such a big deal, and they showed the promo video showing the injury in North Carolina. I thought, oh, this is just going to be Taz stomping this guy's jaw for 30 minutes. Yeah. Didn't really go to it that much. He, I mean, he did early on, but then he just kind of backed off. And then he kind of fell into Sabu's game plan. And, yeah. And we'll talk about that later on. Of course, Taz says, beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. There you there go. You yeah. We go inside the convention center with Joey Styles, and he's got a massive IFB, which is his the name for his earpiece. That's the name of the earpiece they wear in news and production and it is fucking massive i'm glad you knew that because there was not a chance in hell of me knowing that yeah he pimps the main event he says there's no paid off judges at ringside no predetermined draws and no don king he's been barred from the building this is off the heels 
of Holyfield Lewis, which apparently ended in a draw or something. I hate it, though, when wrestling feels so insecure and they have to mention boxing. And I hate, like, don't acknowledge other sports. Not even just boxing, other sports. No one gives a fuck. (laughs) Like, only you, the wrestling organization, cares about that. Like, the ECW faithful all... 3,900 of them here in Asbury Park, New Jersey. I guarantee you they did not watch a boxing match last night. (laughs) We get to ECW theme and we're off. First up, we got Super Crazy versus a super young-looking Yoshihiro Tajiri, the Japanese buzzsaw with his chili bowl haircut. Dude, he looks like he is fucking 15 years old. Yes, he has. He's aged quite poorly. Sorry, sorry, Tajiri. I know that this is from twenty years ago, but he does. He looks fourteen here, yeah. and, and today he looks sixty. Yeah, and perhaps it's from his wrestling style. I, I love Tajiri, but I do too. Damn, damn. I, I I double. I did a double take. I had to Google him to make sure this isn't some other Tajiri. <laughs> I legit thought, okay, maybe Tajiri has a brother or yeah. something. Yeah. But, so yes, this is a chili bold Tajiri. The two wrestlers have a few nice exchanges before Tadgers hits a Hurricane Rana. Lots of monkey flips, arm drags, and this brings the crowd to their feet. Tajiri hits a somersaulting back elbow and a tilt-a-whirl flying head scissors, and then catapults Super Crazy out of the ring and hits a tope con hilo and then an acai moonsault. Super Crazy hits a sunset flip to Tajiri on the elevated ramp. They've got the old WCW elevated ramp tonight. Which is love. I love this. I do too. And then Super Crazy hits a springboard moonsault. Tajiri hits a head scissors that puts Crazy down for a moment. Then Crazy clotheslines him back into the ring. Super Crazy hits the triple moonsaults for a near fall. Super Crazy does some corner punches and a drop kick when Tajiri falls into the tree of woe. Then Crazy hits a lion salt for a two count. Crazy tries another moonsault, but this time eats some knees from Tajiri. And then Tajiri kicks the shit out of Crazy's sternum. Tajiri's kicks were not held back at Dude, all. Dude, his kicks were brutal when he got older, but holy fuck. He is nailing the shit out of Super Crazy. Crazy eats a baseball slide in the tree of woe for a near fall. More nasty kicks from Tajiri. Crazy misses another moonsault and eats a drop kick for a near fall. And then Super Crazy does the unthinkable. He fucks up a springboard Hurricane Rana, slips and busts his ass. And the ECW faithful let him know that he fucked up. <laughs> Crazy then hits a sit-out powerbomb for a two-count. Then a spinning one that is sort of halfway blocked by Tajiri. I'm not going to say this was a miscommunication here. Crazy hits a hurricane run out of nowhere and gets the win. As both of these guys towards the end, especially Crazy, was gassed. He was sucking oh, fucking man. air. This match was phenomenal. It was great. I thought they had a very fast pace. Super Crazy a little sloppy, though. Gotta yeah. say, he's a little sloppy. I think Tajiri should have had more offense, but... Super Crazy is the the more promoted guy, so he's gonna right. go over. Right. But uh, they've had a better match, apparently, is from what I've read from other reviews that they've had better matches. But this one was an excellent opener. You know, I forgive doing spot fest matches in openers with with cruiserweights because that's sort of what you expect. Yeah. But later on tonight, I'll have a few complaints about <laughs> spot fest. But this was a very nice opener. The crowd pops uh, for both guys, as yeah. I believe. They had a yeah. lot of respect for these guys. Fonzie and his fucking whistle is with RVD and Sabu. 
And he cuts a promo on Taz and says he'll tape Sabu up if he has to. He's gonna get out there one way or another, damn it. RVD and Sabu then tussle over who has the bigger match tonight. Is the TV title bigger than the FTW title? And they, yes. They, they've always, they were always a dysfunctional tag team, these yes, two. Yes, they Despite were. Despite Sabu never really talking. Hey, Taz! Don't you remember what it was like to have the best manager, Bill Alfonso, in your corner? Well, tonight, you stand alone, Daddy. I'm with Sabu. You're 100%. He's 70%. He's 100%. But if he gets hurt, I'm going to tape him up. I'm going to glue him back together. And we're going to keep going. We're going to kick your big time, Taz. Yeah, it's a big night for Sabu. Big night, brother. Because he gets to watch Rob Van Dam defend the world television title against Jerry Lynn. Sabu, Sabu, you're right, you're right. It doesn't matter who I'm fighting. Sabu loves to watch me wrestle anyway because uh, I'm his favorite wrestler. I would go, hey, Sabu, Sabu, you're right, Sabu, it's all about you. It's your night. You got Taz, and and you're not even 100%. You're going out there like, Sabu, okay, okay, you are 100%. I was just, you're right. You're 100%, you're going to kick Taz's ass. It's Sabu and his... uh, FTW belt going up against Taz in the heavyweight championship belt. Not even a challenge. You're kicking his ass. The challenge is once you bring that belt back to the family. Yeah. How is Rob Van Dam gonna carry all five belts and his partner too? Though we did hear him speak tonight, but not on purpose. Uh, so it was weird that they were dysfunctional here, uh, even though one was a silent silent member of the team but they worked well together they were an excellent tag team when they were in a tag team match steve carino is out cutting a promo on all you roidy wrestlers and i want anyone from the back to show up so i can show these losers what's up and that you can be all natural and still kick ass and so naturally the crowd this is 1999 they're like sid 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 and steve carino says to him you ain't getting them. <laughs> and so who answers his challenge? Of course, the suitable replacement, Balls Mahoney. Yes, Balls and Axel Rotten. So we get some Balls punches, a couple of clotheslines. Carino baseball slides him out of the ring. Then Carino tries a Pescado but gets decked by Axel Rotten. Balls hits a frog splash, a massive frog splash Good from Lord. Balls Mahoney for, of course, a near fall. Mahoney misses the New Jersey jam. Carino answers with a spinning heel kick for a two. Carino super kicks him and then wants to use the chair. But oh no, he's a heel. He's not going to give you fucking ECW fans what you want. So he does a great spot here. He picks it up. Oh, he's going he's gonna to hit him. Nope. He just opens it up, sits down, and locks on a rest hold. <laughs> oh yeah, chin lock. Sitting yes. in the chair. And that those fans, that crowd booed the shit out of it. Great spot from it, Steve Carino. It was. Balls Mahoney hits a super kick, blasts him with a chair to the head. I mean, blasts him with a chair to the head and wins the match. So what would you think of this match, Patrick? I enjoyed the match. It was a decent match. It was good for what it was. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it was a squash match. It was yeah. just to give the fans what they wanted to see the, the anti-ECW guy. Get his ass beat. Yeah. And he got it. A video recaps the Dudley boys beating everyone. That's right. They've beaten everybody in the entire ECW. And then we get a recap of Mustafa turning on New Jack. The gangsters explode. What? And they're going to meet later tonight. But first, 
Antifaz del Norte is out to take on Little Guido. Who the fuck is this? He does not have a Wikipedia page, and I was too lazy to Google who Antifaz del Norte was. But it doesn't matter. Big Sal Graziano is out with Guido as the FBI was going through some turmoil here. Guido smacks the luchador and then clotheslines him, drops an elbow, tries a cross arm breaker, but Norte gets the ropes in ECW. Norte then super kicks Guido, hits a springboard missile drop kick, a corkscrew plancha to Guido out on the outside, and then Guido lands a powerbomb for two to slow down the luchador. We get a chop battle and Norte hits a gourd buster for a two. Guido catches Norte off the middle rope with a Russian leg sweep. The fans chant for Tracy Smothers. He says to the fans, you ain't getting him. So we have a lot of fans not getting what they want. (laughs) Boring chance as Guido and Norte sort of uh, just slow things down here as the match comes to a crawl. But then Big Sal catches Norte, who is trying a Pescado. He puts him through a table, slides him in, Sicilian Crab, and Del Norte taps out to Little Guido. So there you go. What do you think of this match, Patrick? It was shit. It was shit. Uh, Gui- the, the best part of the match was when Tracy Smothers and... Um, Tommy, Rich. Tommy Wildfire, Tommy Rich come the Don Tommy Rich comes out and uh, after the match and they have their whole blow up. That was the best part of the match. Yeah, for me. the the match was secondary. This was all to build up to this angle. So Tracy Smothers comes out to confront Guido and the FBI. Then he decks Guido. Then Tommy Rich and Sal get into it verbally. And Guido and Rich just take off to the back. There you go. Joey Styles pimps ECWWrestling.com. I don't think it's there anymore. Jerry Lynn is out to challenge RVD for the TV title. And RVD chants fill the arena for heel RVD. Who just... He wrestles too good to be a heel. Yeah. And it's been like that... Since he started in ECW. But yet, here we are. He's getting cheered. He's the whole fucking show, and the world knows it. The match starts slow by their standards, though. Lynn clotheslines RVD, sends him out to regroup. Lynn hits a somersaulting senton off the apron to RVD. Lynn baseball slides him into the front row. Then Lynn hits a springboard spinning high cross into the front row to hit RVD. They get into the ring and RVD gets kicked as he was trying a springboard and gets thrown back to the outside of the ring again. RVD, though, catches Lynn with a leg drop who was draped over the guardrail. Then he hits a plancha off the guardrail to Lynn out in the crowd. These guys just love diving into the crowd. RVD hits a leg drop off the guardrail to Lynn who was laying under the ropes. Fonzie tosses in a chair. RVD puts Lynn in a surfboard and then pops him in the air and drops him on the chair. Lynn hits a springboard sunset flip, power bomb to RVD for a near fall. Lynn gets back body dropped on the chair, but then hits an inverted DDT to RVD on the chair for a near fall. Fonzie misses a chair shot. Lynn dodges a Van Daminator and leg drops RVD on the chair for a near fall. Lynn and RVD battle it out on the turnbuckle with the chair, but RVD hits a Van Daminator that sends Lynn flying off the turnbuckle through a table on the ringside area. Ouch. RVD then hits a split-legged moonsault, but Lynn blocks it with a chair on his knees, which actually would have fucked up his knees more. Sunset flip by Lynn is countered with a head chair shot by RVD. They exchange multiple near-fall attempts. Then Lynn hits a bridging German that takes John Finnegan out. No worries, though. Lynn goes to the turnbuckle and hits a tornado DDT to RVD through a table that doesn't break. They finally spent the money on the good table. 
Bad idea. Good. Ouch. This was an insane spot. Dude, and it looked so painful when that damn thing didn't break. RVD then hits rolling thunder for a near fall when the men regain consciousness. Lynn finally gets his tornado DDT in the ring for a near fall. But then, in ECW, where there are no rules, ding, 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 time limit draw. <laughs> Lynn says, five more minutes, and John Finnegan says, sure, why not? Lynn hits a leaping pile driver for a two count, but then the chair gets tossed into Jerry Lynn's hands, and he hadn't studied tape, never catched the chair. The Van Daminator connects, five-star frog splash, and RVD retains his TV belt. Both men get a standing ovation. And that is the end of RVD and Jerry Lynn. The greatest match athletic wise in ACW history you just saw well they had multiple matches yeah but this is the one that everybody rewatches over and over again I'm not sure about that one I think there's others that are actually more regarded as really? better but this is a very good match and it just makes me wish that it was RVD and Taz tonight instead of Sabu and Taz just because of Sabu's style does not mesh with Taz. And yeah. also, RVD, he is a star. Yeah. He is an absolute star. Yeah. Why is he mid-card fodder? Why is he mid-card champion here in 1999? You know, I get it in 97, but 99, it's time to give him give yeah. him the big push. Make him the star of your company. Yeah. He already gets the biggest ovation. He has the best move set. He's got the best promos. Everything about him. He, he did make that TV title mean more than the, their world title. I truly believe that. Well, he definitely did. Well, and they had to flip the world title so many times because people leaving. Yeah. That they kept the TV belt on RVD, but they should have put the world title belt on him. Uh, big mistake. And these guys delivered match of the night easily. Easily. Uh, not even close. Uh, both men get a standing ovation. And uh, then we go to a promo that plays for Taz and Sabu as read by Paul Heyman. And I'll include it here because Paul Heyman is an orator uh, like no other. He can really just... It's beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. Yeah. And that's the beauty of Paul Heyman. Yeah. And so this, that's he why... Can, he can make wine out of water, shit out of... I mean, he can make gold out of shit. They were hardcore before hardcore was cool. The single most intense rivalry in ECW history is without question Sabu versus Tags. A feud so extreme, they main evented our very first pay-per-view on Sunday night, April 13, 1997, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And now that Sabu is the FTW World Champion, and Taz is the ECW World Champion. Both men have been playing a game of one-upmanship with each other. Who is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world? The suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu, or the human suplex machine Taz? We find out tonight, live on pay-per-view. At ECW, living dangerously. Like, he just, he can make gold out of shit. And so, he's just that talented, and he makes this sound so great. Jasmine St. Clair, a porn star, 
was set to make a huge impact on the pay-per-view tonight. But Francine... And that's that segment. Why do we have this segment? I don't know. Uh, it's questionable why they included that. I have no idea. You gotta fill that three hours some way, don't you, Patrick? That's true. Time for the gangsters explode. Garbage brawling. I love plunder it. at its worst. I I love this. Of match. course you fucking love. You love <laughs> plunder. You're the king of plunder. I I love New Jack though. That's just New Jack. New Jack. Jeremy Young is great, man. I uh, he is a terrible wrestler. He is a terrible wrestler. Keyword wrestler. Okay, as a personality. You know, his his promos where he curses up a storm, <laughs> where he's slicing people's heads open, where he's diving off very high things. He's a stuntman. Yeah. He's a great stuntman. And he's a great character. Yes. But, as a wrestler, no, 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 well, no, Well, you no. don't see him wrestle. Exactly. No, yeah. Well, mean that for that very reason. Yeah, no. He's the king of plunder. I would yeah. say he's probably one of the best plunder match performers Ever. Of, of, yeah, of all time. Absolutely. So, Mustafa out first, then New Jack is out, and of course that means we get to hear the loop of In the Ghetto on the WWE Network. And so, Why is that the only song they'll play on the WWE Network? Well, originally... It was Tupac, wasn't it? It was a Dr. Dre song originally, and when the network first launched and they put all the ECW pay-per-views on, they just cut New Jack matches because yeah. they didn't know what to put there. They couldn't figure out what to, to dub over, and they, they finally found In the Ghetto. And so now the New Jack matches are there, but it's uh, sadly, it's only like a 30-second song, so it just loops and loops and loops. But I do love, as soon as it's over, clip, it's off. No moves to describe here. I'll just tell you what people get smashed with. New Jack smashes a crutch over Mustafa, then a keyboard, like a PC keyboard over Mustafa. <laughs> then he takes a golf club and a sign and clubs Mustafa in the balls with which, his golf club. Which is painful as hell, I'm assuming. It looked like he did not hold back at all. No, it looked it looked painful. Well, they, these guys are friends, so I'm sure he was like, yeah, you want to do this spot? Yeah. And I'm sure later on Mustafa's like, Bad idea. Yeah, on that what the one. fuck, dude? <laughs> he had probably his nuts were probably swollen to the size of a grapefruit. Fucking WWF title belt. <laughs> Mustafa then takes oh the most vicious weapon of all a Fisher Price lawnmower. Yes, and smashes him with it in a bucket. New Jack hits another keyboard shot and then the guitar. Which, oh, they didn't spring for the right guitar, and so when he pops him with it, the the majority of the guitar goes flying into the crowd. Luckily, the CCW crowd was nice and gave uh, Mr. New Jack the rest of his guitar with all the powder in it, and he used the half of the guitar to pop Mustafa. Then it's time for the New Jack finish. As they brawl through the crowd, New Jack hits him with a chair. He tapes Mustafa to a table, which I found was a little unnecessary. But Duck okay. tapes him. Yes, duct tapes him, and to his credit, to New Jack's credit, of all the dives that I've seen him do, this one was one of the safer ones, because he did dive off something very high, the balcony. He was like three stories up. He was high. He was not three stories up, but he was very high, but he did land on his legs and then smash the table. He, yes. he did do this as safe as you can possibly do this. Both competitors need help to get to the ring. Nice of them to get dragged back in there. And luckily, 
I was shocked, since this is ECW, that New Jack scored the pinfall. Yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah. almost saying Mustafa's about to kick out. Yeah. And had I not had that marker on the network, I would have bet you a hundred bucks yeah. that yeah. Mustafa's going to now kick out from yeah. this. Plunder match. Don't think the gangsters getting back together, uh, especially with what happens next, is the Dudleys then come in and put the boots to New Jack and Mustafa. I thought, okay, they're going to reunite here. Mustafa's going to save his friend. No. Just stands there. Yeah. Not involved in this at all. So, Joel Gertner then comes in and does his bit. Well, well, well. As the ladies already know, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. And as all the shorties can tell you, I'm not just alright, I'm dynamite. So sit on my pelvis, and you'll feel the shit that killed Elvis. (laughs) Well, well, well. As the ladies already know, I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. And as the shorties all can tell you, I'm not just alright, I'm Dolomite. And as all these Asbury Park bitches can attest to, All you need to do is sit down on my pelvis and you'll feel the shit that killed Elvis. However, what I would like New Jack to know is that the OG that stands before you, the man who almost grabbed a bottle of Old English 800 and smashed him upside the grill, The man who puts the cream in his Crenshaw, the Beverly Hills in his Bushwick, and the Hollywood in his Harlem is the quintessential stud muffin, Joel, Mama said knock you out, and I just did, Gertner. Which, when I, that rhyme in itself, is cool but I don't believe that Elvis died by an erect penis I very odd uh, way to think of Elvis Presley passing away but okay so that is Joel Gertner's contribution to tonight I love Joel Gertner I know a lot of people think he's full of shit. Should have got a WWE contract. Just for his mouth, he should have got a WWE contract. Just for that brief attitude area. Yes. The attitude era that was left, he would have been perfect. Every mm-hmm. Monday night, he gets stunned by Austin because he gets he runs his mouth too damn much. That would have been great. Don't think TNN would have let him say some of the things he'd like to say, though. <laughs> no. Bubba says, New Jack is old news. Bubba no longer stuttering, by the way, getting ready for his WWF run. He issues an open challenge. Little Spike, Dudley, and Nova answer. Spike gets destroyed with a metal sign. Then Bubba does the Bam Bam spot and throws Spike into the crowd, and he crowd surfs again. Spike did not make it fully and crashes his hip and thigh on the top of the barricade, and oh my God, it looked painful as hell. I wouldn't think that Bubba had the same kind of upper arm strength that 
Bam Bam Bigelow had. I rewatched it three times, and I literally thought he just broke his leg. He broke his fucking leg. Well, he was going to crowd surf a while before he saw him again. <laughs> uh, Nova gets the was up from Devon before it was called that. Then Bubba delivers a Bubba bomb to Nova off the turnbuckle. Then they deliver the 3D to Nova. They grab the ring announcer and fucking 3D him too. They say they've beaten everyone and they're all a bunch of white trash. Bubba Ray Dudley calling people white trash. <laughs> oh, lovely. Then he challenges anyone from New Jersey doesn't get that as the judge brings out the stretcher and that means sid will be answering the challenge sid not from new jersey no he's from memphis arkansas he is memphis tennessee memphis arkansas i don't it's the same thing i don't think there's a memphis arkansas yeah it actually runs right down the middle hold on a fucking second you're right you're right sorry my bad i apologize (laughs) From West Memphis, Arkansas. Yes. Which you inform me there are two Memphises. Yes. Thank you. So, not exactly a guy from New Jersey, but it doesn't matter. The Dudleys put the boots to Sid, and Bubba says, You sure got a purdy mouth. <laughs> then Sid double choke slams him, power bombs Devon. I was like, Oh, he's going to power bomb Bubba. He's going to do it now. <laughs> no. Nope. Not a chance. Too fat. I would love to have seen that, though. Spike then takes out Bubba. As Sid puts down Devon on the stretcher, Spike clotheslines Devon off the stretcher and then guillotine leg drops Bubba. Sid just drops the stretcher on Devon, which looked like it really fucking hurt out on the apron. (laughs) Acid drop to Bubba, and then he gets a pinfall in this match. Weird-ass match that was not a match that apparently just became a match. Anything goes on ECW. You never know what to expect. So Sid and Little Spike Dudley, you think, oh, new tag team. So we get Big Sid Chance. We get Big Sid Chance. And then Spike is like, yeah, man, we did it. And then he gets a powerbomb. That's not good enough for Sid. Sid powerbombs him off the ramp through a table. Yes. Lovely. Spike Dudley did not make enough money for the abuse. No, because this man... This man did some of the most painful falls and painful moves that I have ever seen anyone take. At least there was a table to break his fall. On his head. Giant Sid Chance, and then we go to Shane Douglas's retirement announcement. It's the end of the triple threat, Patrick, as Shane Douglas has signed a contract with that damn WCW, so he's going to give his boots away, which I thought was kind of nasty because they're used wrestling boots. Also, I don't think Just Incredible or Landstorm have the same size feet as one Shane Douglas. So I was kind of like, this doesn't make any sense. They came out and interrupted him. Well, right, because they came out to interrupt him. They argued about who would be getting the boots. Right. But then he says, oh no, these are for Tommy Dreamer. Which makes zero sense, but whatever. So Tommy Dreamer gets the boots, the magic boots. So he is now the franchise. <laughs> that is how you determine the franchise. It's like the sword in the su- it's like the sword in the stone, Patrick. It has all the powers. Whoever can grab the boots. The old boots of Shane Douglas is the franchise. Then everyone gets kendo stick shots from Credible and Storm. So there you go. Credible Storm, Jason the world's sexiest man and Don Marie who is posing as Beulah McGillicuddy are out next. 
They're taking on Dreamer and Douglas, who is with Francine. Pretty even matchup at first. Douglas hits a long delayed vertical suplex to Credible. They have a chop battle. Douglas flapjacks him off a high spot. Then Dreamer hits a diving elbow to Credible as he tags in. Spinebuster to Credible. Terry Funk chance here for some reason. I don't know why they expected him. Sloppy press slam from Franchise to Storm onto Dreamer's knee. Almost cracked him on his head. Just Incredible and Storm double-team Franchise behind the ref's back, which this is ECW. Why do you need to do that? Yeah. They get the heat on Douglas forever. And also, by the way, Shane Douglas, terrible wrestler, terrible babyface. Dreamer gets the hot tag, hits a Russian leg sweep to Credible, then they all end up on the outside and brawl. Dreamer hits a power slam to Storm for a near fall. A Dreamer driver to Storm for a two count. Storm super kicks Credible. Storm and Credible suplex Dreamer on the ramp. Then Dreamer hits a second rope cutter to Credible and finally tags in Douglas. Douglas fakes turning on Dreamer, even gives him the middle finger, but then he takes out his old triple threat companion, Storm Incredible, and proves Joey Styles wrong. We get a cat fight between the fake Beulah and Francine. Francine brings Dreamer ladder and he flings Credible on it. Then he hits a high cross to Storm for two. Then they do the catapult ladder spot, which is so dangerous to Credible and Storm. I mean, this is the thing that almost destroyed Joey Mercury's face. Almost took his eyes out. Yeah. But it's it's done safely here. This only, of course, gets near falls. Dreamer DDT's Credible into Storm's dick, and then Shane Douglas hits a belly-to-belly to Credible for a two-count. Credible gets the kendo stick, but Francine makes a save for Shane Douglas. He hits the Pittsburgh plunge to Credible, and Shane Douglas gets his win on his way out to WCW. So, congrats. He would return, though. As it would not... Nothing lasts forever. Correct. Post-match, Credible and Storm get all their heat back with the help of Cyrus, who headbutts Francine in the crotch. So what did you think of this match? Good match. I did not like this match. Uh, it It's really sad because Lance Storm is, is an incredible technical wrestler. And for some reason, just something between these four was just off. It just felt off the entire time. And even just incredible. We watched that episode of Hardcore TV where he debuted. He has potential to put on a really good show. Yeah. And tonight, this was a blood feud again, a triple threat. You didn't give us the boots. Yeah. And it just didn't it didn't click. And I, I think Lance Storm didn't get enough ring work to, to, to really impress me. And also, I, I just, I've never been impressed with Shane Douglas. And so this tag match just didn't do it for me. This was one of those matches where I... I really had to put the working boots on to to get through. So, I like I said, I I thought it was a good match. I really I really enjoyed it. A lot of good double teaming. I think that carried the match. Now one on one or whatever, it, they were struggling. But the double teaming most of that that carried the match. Next, Styles recaps the RVD match. Yeah, thanks for buying this pay-per-view to watch a replay of what you just saw. Then referee John Finnegan explains that he was going to give Lynn the win by ref's decision at the time limit draw. and But then he says, this isn't Holyfield Lewis, that's not how we do things. RVD interrupts and he says he's pissed off. But then he says he'll give him a rematch. <laughs> Which So RVD is a babyface, because that's a babyface thing to do. And then he pulls a Taz from our last CCW show, and he doesn't know the name of the next pay-per-view either, as... He had probably smoked some marijuana prior to this interview. And even then, no one knows when the next pay-per-view is. No one knows if they're getting a paycheck. So that's probably why he didn't know the next pay-per-view. Let me tell you something. 
let's set the record straight. Now, Jerry Lynn, obviously, is a great competitor. And tonight, Jerry, you are at your finest. Allow me to be humble enough to say, Jerry Lynn, tonight, you're one of the two greatest athletes in the ring. Now, obviously, uh, not the greatest athlete, but you feel like the decision of tonight's match was unjust, Jerry? Let me tell you something. I told Paul Heyman a long time ago, I don't need all the bullshit storylines. I hate you, Jerry, you hate me. Hey, forget about that. Rob Van Dam wants to wrestle, and I want to be appreciated for my talent. Jerry Lynn, you give me my best matches now. So uh, I'll tell you what, I'll throw you one better. I, the champion, challenge you, Jerry Lynn, to come back and challenge me again. Do it at the next pay-per-view. What's it called? Let's go to Hardcore Heaven. Do it at Hardcore Heaven, Jerry Lynn. Hey, let me be honest with you. I like to wrestle you. Come on back. Push me to my limits, Jerry. I'll tell you what. I mean, if I was to slip up and I did have to give the belt to you. <laughs> no, forget about that. I'll tell you what, Jerry. You feel like this wasn't just. You feel like you got ripped off. Here's your chance to prove it. Come on back. Because you did come close to taking the world television title. But... Jerry, you're too worried about giving the people their money's worth. Otherwise, things might have ended up a little differently. Here's what you got to realize. The people always get their money's worth when they watch me. I'm Rob Van Dam. I'm not just Mr. Monday Night. I'm not just the whole fucking show. I'm the people's choice. That's me. Mr. PPV RVD. Now it's time for our FTW-ECW unification match, which is built upon breaking Sabu's jaw at a North Carolina house show. Taz gets on the mic and says, Hey, let's make it an extreme death match. Well, that's normal. Then he says, Falls count anywhere. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. So, nice of Taz to play into Sabu's strong suit here. Yeah. Let's make it more extreme than usual. Yeah. Even though... I'm a technical suplex machine wrestling animal. Yeah. I just thought very weird, but he is a baby face, so I guess I can see him doing that. But still very odd. I would have been like, no, let's make this a ground-based yeah. mat wrestling. Let's yeah. see how you do then, Sabu. Yeah. See how you do with wrist locks. Sabu just goes on defense because he knows he can't out-wrestle Taz, so he's just scrambling to get away from Taz's grip. Taz finally delivers some nasty forearms to Sabu's jaw and then screams, Come on, motherfucker! Then he big boots Sabu. Sabu hits a springboard rear view, a Naomi reference <laughs> to Taz, then a slingshot somersaulting leg drop to Taz for a two count. Sabu chucks a chair into Taz's head. Jeez, man. Just no regard for human safety. Like, oh, God, no. I would much rather, like, if you give me the choice hit me in the head with a normal chair shot or just fling it across the ring, I'm always going to take... The normal chair shot. Yeah. Because yeah. that thing, it could it could rotate in the air and hit you with the wrong side. I mean, anything could happen. Like, yeah. I, that sucks. Then he hits his poetry in motion off the chair and baseball slides Taz into the guardrail. Sabu then leaps into the crowd. Everyone's going into the crowd tonight. But Taz gets up a chair to block him. They brawl through the crowd, and this is ECW, so of course it's hard to see what the fuck's going on. Sabu dives off a chair on the ramp to Taz out in the crowd. He gets a two count. Taz returns the favor by throwing him off the ramp. 
Then the big spot, the most dangerous spot of the entire night, and that includes what we saw earlier as they get in the ring and Taz says, you know what, let's do a belly to belly. And Sabu says, sure. And Taz says, you know what we should do? Over the ropes. And Sabu said, cool, let's do it. (laughs) So he gets belly to belly over the ropes through a table which takes out the camera cable, so they almost fuck up the entire broadcast here as he just fucking crashes the scare. This is scariest shit, man. Like, it was. It was very scary. Not in a million years <laughs> am I doing that. Not even... At least there was... A, again, at least there was a table there instead of just the bare concrete. But I bet even if bare concrete, Sabu would be like, yeah, sure, I don't care. Yeah, fuck it. I'll do it. Taz drops Sabu's injured jaw on the guardrail. Taz says... Fuck him, you cocksucker! And then Sabu fishhooks him and then decks him with a chair. Fonzie wants to throw in the towel, but Taz stops him. No, no, he's not getting out of this. Sabu slaps on the camel clutch when they get back in the ring. Sabu sets up a table. Taz goes to the turnbuckle, but Sabu catches him and Hurricane Rana's him for two. Sabu hits a sunset flip powerbomb that looked like shit from the ring to the apron because the guardrail was too close, so they just kind of wedge up. He wedges a table on the corner of the guardrail and splashes Taz through it. Near fall, of course. Uh, Cameraman gets in the way of Taz. He says, Fuck you, cameraman! And by the way, earlier the cameraman got in the way of Sabu, and for the first time ever I heard Sabu speak, and he said, Get out of the way, motherfucker! (laughs) So, there you go. Sabu spoke on this show. Arabian Face Buster nets a two. Pump Handle Taz Plex nets a two. A Triple Jump Moonsault nets a two. Triple Jump Leg Drop nets a two. Taz hits a super belly to belly. Leans a table in the corner. And then, oh, you thought that spot earlier was dangerous. Well, don't worry. A Dragon Taz Plex through a table leaned against the corner. Sabu goes directly on his neck. This should be the end of the match, but nope. This is ECW. That's a two count, ladies and gentlemen. Fonzie throws in the towel, but Sabu this time says no. I guess with his broken jaw. He was talking pretty good for a guy with a broken jaw earlier when he said, get out of the way, motherfucker. But here he says no. So Taz just has mercy on him, puts him in the Taz mission, and Sabu goes to sleep. And the match is over. Then Taz grabs the mic and he says, hey, motherfucker, turn over. Turn over. I got a lot of something to say to you. I got, hey, look at me. I mean, give Sabu a minute to fucking wake up here. Yeah, you just made him pass yeah, out. Yeah, he's like, Taz is like getting impatient, like, and he wants him to look at, he can still hear you. Yeah. <laughs> look at me, look at me, turn over. I got a lot of respect for you, Sabu, and I want a handshake. And Sabu is like, fuck Uh-oh. you. At first he is, yeah, he has like a metal thing in his hand at yeah. first, but then he's like, okay. And they shake hands, and this ECW crowd let them know how they felt about handshakes, and boo! Fuck sportsmanship. So, that was our main event. Yes. Um, I did not like this main event, and it's not because of either guy in particular, it's because it's not... They don't have styles that mesh well together. It's just two guys. Taz is a technical wrestler, suplex machine, a guy that knows... Some MMA moves. A guy that's real map-based. He doesn't go flying a lot, even though he did a couple splashes here. He's not a guy that really relies on weapons. Sabu lives on weapons. Sabu lives on high spots. Dives, jumps, stuff like that. And so, 
it felt like a lot of other ECW matches where we're getting high spot after high spot after high spot. Two count, two count, two count. Then Taz, when he gets on the offense, it's it's he he does something very dangerous to Sabu, but it's it's still Sabu just flying through the air. It's not it's not just I'm gonna get you in the ring and beat the shit out of your chin, which is what this whole thing was about. Right. And the Taz mission at least does, you know, go around your neck, so I guess that kind of played into it. But I think there should have been more wrestling in this wrestling match. For an ECW match, for the bloodthirsty fans in, in New Jersey, this was fine for them. Until, of course, the handshake, because they hate sportsmanship. They well, hate- yeah, fuck sportsmanship. This is ECW, motherfucker! Um, <laughs> Would have rather had RVD and Taz here. Would have rather had Jerry Lynn and Taz. Anybody, even Credible. I would have taken Credible. Anybody, Lance Storm and Taz would have been awesome. Like, if you build them up enough. Because instead of giving us the same superstars over and over again, as much shit as as Heyman and and Vince McMahon give WCW for keeping the same guys on top, they kind of had the same problem in ECW until the guys took paychecks and left. Uh, I would have rebooked the main event. But... For an ECW main event, it was fine. The, sh- the show just really dragged for me, and I can't really explain why. I think it's because a lot of what I mentioned in the main event of just high spots and high spots and uh, very indie style. Let's yeah. just get all our shit in. Just get all our shit in. That's no- not storytelling. Imagine some yeah. of the... Like, this match in WWE, imagine some of those big spots, the build-up, like a shield powerbomb when they put someone through a table. There's anticipation. There's a pose. The crowd can get on its feet. They can get ready for it. They can. You see it coming. It's not just one right after the other, and you right. never know when the finish is, so when the finish does come, it's just kind of flat. Yeah. So that's my criticism of the show overall. I love the opening match with Tajiri. Thought he did great, and I loved the Jerry Lynn RVD match. Those are my two recommendations from this card. The rest of it, standard ECW fare. Um, Sid was utilized perfectly. I cannot believe WCW paid this guy and made him their fucking world champion a few months later. Yeah. That's how you use Sid. That's how you use New Jack. That's one thing Heyman did do well. Guys that ha- are limited. Yeah. At, at this point in their careers, Sid in particular, utilize what they're good at and get them out of there. Yeah. Give the fans what they want and get them out of there. Yeah. They're not meant to do 20-minute matches. So what were your thoughts on Living Dangerously 1999? I enjoyed the pay-per-view, miraculously. Uh, it I loved the start um, to Jerry and Super Crazy. It kind of died for me on... Uh, Carino and Balls, which I'm sad to say because I love all three of those men involved. Um, Guido and whoever the hell this dude is, uh, I could care less. It, the best part of it was Tommy Rich and Well, Tracy if the match Smothers. is about the FBI breaking up, just have the FBI wrestle each other. Just yeah. have Smothers and Tommy have Rich have in the match. talking shit and, to each other and then break into a brawl and be done with it. Jerry Lynn RVD unbelievable match. Uh, Mustafa New Jack loved it. Great match. <laughs> Personally, you'll never hear that from me. I loved it. Of uh, course, you're the king of fucking plunder. <laughs> You uh, need to change your name to the King of Plunder, not the greatest referee. Incredible and Storm versus Douglas and Dreamer. It was what it was. 
just didn't do it for me. Uh, sabotage. It was what it was. That's. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick, uh, super crazy to Jerry, Jerry Lynn RVD, and Mustafa and New Jack. That's my. That's my three. Strictly yeah. because you you are not a big fan of, but I really enjoyed Mustafa and New Jack. That was almost up there with me. As Jerry Lynn and RVD. Oh, you are crazy. On a whole nother level. Oh, you, though, oh, geez. Whole nother level of entertainment. The podcast life. is over. This is the last episode. You've just killed the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. On a whole nother level. This is level. the first time anyone's compared Jerry Lynn to New Jack. So, congratulations. On a whole nother level. Uh, athleticism in their match. Plunder in the other one. <laughs> On a whole nother level, it was excitement and the build excitement wise yes. was the same one didn't have a Fisher Price lawnmower <laughs> so Patrick on our rating scale Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez where do you rank Living Dangerously from 1999 suddenly I'm dominant I'm giving it a Sid I am going to give it a New Jack there oh, we go yeah uh, a plunder oh yeah. you gave it a Sid wow I gave it a High Sid yes. congrats yeah. Sid getting a shout out Next week is our last show before WrestleMania, so what would your pick be this week, sir? Well, I've got it hidden here because I know you hate this one so bad. But we're going to go to WrestleMania 9. Well, see, actually, I have a soft spot for WrestleMania I 9. do, too! That's me! I have the soft spot for it, so... Fine, WrestleMania 9, Caesar's Palace! Uh, Caesar's Parking Lot! Uh, Narcissus! Yeah, not. But what is this? Ficus Maximus. Minus Genus. <laughs> They're all there. Okay. And, uh, of course, a lot of Macho Man saying, Do the thing if you got the guts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll do WrestleMania 9. Hopefully we'll get that published. And we'll do our WrestleMania picks next week. And then I think we're going to take a week off mm. after that. I all think right. it's time for... I think it's time... After WrestleMania, we need to regroup. And we need to regroup. So, uh, That'll work. One last show before WrestleMania, then we'll take a week vacation, then we'll be back with you, hopefully, on TuneIn Radio. Thanks to Savon, I've got that fixed on TuneIn Radio. By the way, go to powerslam.tv, use the promo code RETROWRESTLING. They're up to over 5,000 hours of content, and you can get a 30-day free trial courtesy of your friends at Retro Wrestling Podcast. Courtesy of me, the greatest referee. In professional wrestling history. The king of plunder. That's right. And I'm intern Alex. I'm and the one and only. <laughs> we're screwing it up. Okay. What are you? Start again. It's fine. I'm the one and only. The greatest referee in professional wrestling history. Patrick Young. The king of plunder. Saying as always. My closing line is a clothesline. And bingo bingo. Wow. We, uh, that's weird. <laughs> we just we did backwards. It. Hey, well, you know, it's time for... Uh, enough is enough and it's time for a change. That's, that's right. what I always heard. Survive right. if I let you. <laughs> Survive if I let you. Win if you want. Yeah, win if I, you want. There you go. <laughs> uh, survive if I let you. Win if you can. There you go. The Kata Hajime. I got something to say. Shabu. As usual, you get me the fight of my life. Shabu, look at me, man. Look at me. I ain't talking to you. Zabu! Every time we wrestle, I get more respect for you 
and brother, right, Jersey? I want to shake your hand, get up. Shut the f up, whoever said that. Come on, Sabu. It ain't about belts. That don't mean nothing. It ain't about belts. Shake my hand, I ain't leaving this room. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv.